Hello and welcome to Cinema Chat with David Heath. And I am your humble host, David Heath. And I'm here to talk about the movies and uh, movies from every genre and every era. Well, just about every genre anyway. Well, I want to thank you very much for listening uh, to the program today. And uh, happy 2024. Um, now, we talk about all kinds of movies in uh, on the podcast. Uh, but today we are going to uh, do a top 10 list. It is the end of football season are coming close to it. The college bowl games and also the Super Bowl coming up. Wanted to list or talk about some football movies. I've been kind of wanting to do this podcast for a while. I never did quite time it quite right, but this time I finally did. And um, I am going to list the top 10 football movies. And at least these are my top 10. Again, it's my list. If you don't agree with it, you can make a list and tell me what it is. And we can compare. That'd be great. Just don't get angry and real get yourself in a hissy about it. That's all. Uh, but, uh, be, but I want to talk about first uh, the qualifications of this. I, I thought long and hard about this episode. And there are way too many, quote, football, unquote, movies to put on this list. Uh, so I thought of a few qualifiers. And it, it may not be actually fair for me to, I mean, this is all subjective on my part. Uh, but I decided Jerry Maguire is not going to be on this top 10 list. Um, I'm calling it a movie about a sports agent, not a football movie. Uh, so I'm going to qualify that. Um, and let's see. I want to say The Fortune Cookie. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Great movie. Fantastic movie. I love it. Love, love, love anything they're in pretty much. But I'm not going to call that a football movie. That is a movie about a guy trying to uh, swindle some money uh, off of... Uh, a faux injury, basically. But I definitely recommend watching The Fortune Cookie. And I definitely re recommend watching Jerry Maguire. Um, there are a couple movies that were not on the list uh, that I was somewhat devastated. And I think other people might be. Um, but I put together the list that I truly thought were my favorite uh, films. And it is very hard to make these one to 10. Um, it's very hard. I, it's, it, I told this is a much di more difficult task than I thought it would be. And sometime I'm going to make a top 10 baseball movies. And I'm, I'm a little afraid to make that list as well. When you make these top 10 lists, you kind of make people upset. And, uh, but at the same time, it's fun. Lists are fun because you can discuss it, um, and decide, this guy's crazy, or, hey, that's right on the money. Hardly anyone ever says, hey, that guy's right on the money. Because nobody really usually agrees with the top ten, right? Well, anyway, uh, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, tell you a couple other movies that did not make 
the list. One is the 1977 Disney movie Gus. Uh, with Ed Asner and Don Knotts, and I, I, I truly love that movie a lot more than it should be loved. It does not deserve the love and affection that I have for it. Um, <laughs> and the fact is, that's why I didn't put it in my top ten. Um, probably, if you ask me right now, uh, would I rather watch one of these movies on this list? Or rather, watch Gus. I'd probably pick Gus on on seven of them against seven, but <laughs> it doesn't deserve that kind of love and affection that I give Gus. <laughs> but uh, the uh, another movie that I absolutely adore uh, that I did not put on the list was Wildcats with Goldie Hawn, uh, Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson. Um, love that movie. Um, Really love that movie. Uh, did not make uh, the list. And the one that's going to make... Well, two that are going to make people very angry and want to throw things at me. Uh, and, and this is why I'm mentioning it now. I mean, these are honorable mention movies. Uh, the Waterboy. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, boy. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going to say this is peak Adam Sandler. This is Adam Sandler's... This is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. That's what people are going to say. And I love it. I love Henry Winkler in it. Um, you know, uh, but it did not make my top 10 football movies. I just kind of think it's a silly comedy very much in the vein of, of Gus. Gus is more of a football movie than Waterboy, in my opinion. Um, except the one premise of Gus that never did make sense to me. And I mentioned this on the podcast uh, when I was talking about Disney in the 70s. Disney movies in the 70s. Uh, several months back um, is if you have a, a mule that can kick field goals from 90 yards out, um, what difference does it make if they can do that if your defense can't stop the other team from scoring touchdowns? So, in other words, uh, if you have 10 drives, if you have the ball 10 times, you're going to score 70. You're going to have 70 points scored against you. Um, and, but you're only going to kick seven field goals or 10 field goals. Um, so you're, you're going to get 30 points and they're going to get 70. So it doesn't really add up, but that's something Disney never really thought about. I think, um, uh, the other one that's going to make a little peep, peep, few people a, a little upset is, uh, Rudy. And, uh, I will, um, explain my, uh, Rudy comp or Rudy deletion. If you are snub. Or whatever. Uh, I like Rudy. I even like it a lot. It's not on my list, though. Um, I don't like the way it demonized Dan Devine. Dan Devine uh, was, of course, the coach at Notre Dame, and he is portrayed as an evil little snot in the movie uh, uh, as the head coach of Notre Dame. Um, but in reality, uh, from everything I've ever heard, he was a very nice man, and I, I. Am, I am from Missouri, and I am a Missouri Tiger fan, and a long-suffering one, I, I might say. But, but Dan Devine was the was also the coach at Mizzou, and he was the athletic director later, and he wasn't a bad guy according to his players. But Rudy made it sound like he was a terrible person, and. They had a revolt against him, which did not happen. 
but still a fun movie, and I and if you love it, I bless your heart. I I like it. I don't love it um, because of its treatment of Dan Devine. That's all. Okay, got that off my chest. <laughs> now people have tuned out, and they're like, oh, no, he didn't include Rudy. Hey, how dare he? I'm never going to listen to another episode again. Please stay with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we are going to talk about the top ten, though, uh, my top ten. And uh, number ten. Now, let's analyze what's been working for us. Not a goddamn thing's been working for us. Like this goddamn suit doesn't work for me. And this stinking tie. And this goddamn shirt. It doesn't work for me. You know how to play winning hard nose football? You play football like Engineer played football. A guy who gave his life for this football team. He was a 140 pound halfback. And he played like a goddamn wild man. No, like a goddamn rampaging beast. And that's the way you gotta do it. You go out there, you tear your fucking heads off, and you shit down their necks. Let us pray. Okay, so that's necessary roughness. And <laughs> my, I try to keep my podcast PG rated. Uh, every episode, uh, the few things slipped through there. But, uh, <laughs> necessary roughness. Uh, stars uh, Scott Bakula who was a actually a much bigger star back in the 80s and 90s um, it also has Sinbad um, it's a regular who's who of 90s you know or late 80s 90s um, it actually came out in uh, 91. That was the voice of the, the, the great Robert Loggia. Uh, being, he was the assistant coach of the team. Hector, he had to give a, a speech, though, at halftime. And Hector Elizondo uh, was uh, the head coach who was ailing at that time. Um, Larry Miller, um, who he's a, oh, that guy. Uh, he's in a lot of comedies. Uh, played the dean who was rooting actually against his own team. Um, future presidential candidate Fred Thompson, um, the uh, now deceased Fred Thompson, uh, was uh, uh, also in the, the movie. Rob Schneider uh, is in the movie. He, he plays the guy that's the announcer, the PA announcer, Fumble, Fumbleia, Fumbleia, you know, um, just fun, uh, a funny role. And uh, uh, Jason Bateman uh, is also in the movie. Uh, and uh, Kathy Ireland, if you remember who she was, the Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit issue girl uh, was uh, in the movie. Um, this movie probably doesn't deserve a lot of accolades. Um, but the fact is, it's, it's I think it's genuinely uh, funny. Uh, I think it's, Sort of, oh, I, th I think it's uh, probably a just a little bit better than, or a little bit higher, it's definitely higher quality than, say, Gus was. But, uh, but it does score only 6.2 on IMBD. I was really surprised when I saw um, that low score. But then I realized 
I don't know. Between that and Major League, those are two movies that came out relatively at the same time. And those are movies that are just highly regarded uh, with people my age. Um, I was 20 years old when this movie came out. And and it was just really highly regarded. Um, however, I will say that the movie is PG-13 despite that little tirade. I probably played the worst clip of the movie for that. But there it is. Uh, it's, um, uh, it's just a fun movie. Scott Bakula plays the quarterback, um, and, uh, he's, uh, the team has problems, but then they overcome a lot of problems. A lot of it is very, um, uh, a lot of it is very predictable, but, uh, but it's funny stuff. And, uh, it, it's, uh, it's kind of funny to see Sinbad. You get to kind of wonder, what in the world happened to Sinbad? Um, he was such... He was so ubiquitous in the early 90s, and, and then he just kind of disappeared from everything. Uh, but anyway, that's my number 10. Number 9. Every Sunday, millions of fans experience the power and rush of NFL football. But in 1976, Body, go! Kill me! for the Philadelphia Eagles and a fan named Vince Papali. Vince, we've had some rough times, you and me. Oh, things are going to turn around. It was time to do something. Welcome the new head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Dick Vermeule. That had never been done before. This coming Saturday, Philadelphia Eagles will hold open tryouts. <laughs> Now, you got to try out this weekend. Nobody's trying out. He's 30 years old for one thing. The Eagles' biggest fan. So the one where Vince runs around everyone. Is about to take a shot at a dream. Even if you're down there for one hour, you're down there. What brings you out here? Would it be an Eagle, baby? How are we doing, AC? I've seen glaciers move faster. Play your college ball. I didn't play college ball. You mind me asking how old you are? If you don't mind me asking how old you are, coach. Shocking news from today's tryout. The Eagles have decided to invite one man to training camp. Philly's own Vince Papali. In 1976. To make this roster, you must throw away all fear. A 30-year-old bartender. Excuse me, my name is spelled wrong. Nothing personal. What is it really going to matter? Who played only one year of high school football. You ain't going nowhere! Tried to become the NFL's most unlikely rookie. What's supposed to run all this? Can't quarterback pads. You won't last a week wearing those. Nothing personal. It's really going to matter. Inspired by the incredible true story. The bitch! Summer. You have a story, my friend. One man is pursuing an entire city's dreams. Papali is not making this team, and I am not going to be the laughing stock among the owners. When I told you not to get your hopes up, didn't mean that I wasn't. Mark Wahlberg, Greg Kinnear. Let's go to work. Invincible. Yes, I am going with Invincible. From 2006, um, Disney movie, and it's it's high quality. Made a lot of money, 58 million dollars, and the uh, re the reviews were uh, mostly positive. 
And uh, it's all about Vince Mapali, a true story. Um, and despite the fact that uh, my uh, Chiefs are in a little bit, my Kansas City Chiefs are, are in a little bit of a rivalry with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's kind of a strange rivalry since there's brothers on each team, but <laughs> a rivalry nonetheless because, you know, we won. And I'm recording this weeks before the playoffs start, so I'm not sure how everything's lined up. Um, so I, <laughs> I, may, I may regret putting a movie about the Eagles in number nine, but uh, but it's really all about Vince Apolli, uh starring Mark Wahlberg, much younger Mark Wahlberg, obviously, and uh, Elizabeth Banks, um, who just looks absolutely beautiful in this movie, by the way. Um, and Greg Kinnear stars as Dick Vermeil, the great coach of the uh, Eagles at the time in the 70s, and went on to coach my Kansas City Chiefs in the 2000s. But uh, anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, this is the time this movie was made, Dick Vermeil was the coach of my Chiefs. Anyway, uh, it's just a, a really well-produced movie, um, and uh, there are some... There are a few dramatic changes to the film from the true story, but for the most part, it's it's accurate. Uh, mostly, it's just scores of games and and narrative of uh, narratives of certain games that uh, are really big changes. Um, the other thing was his in the movie he he get he gets divorced a little bit in a much different manner as he did in in real life, but. Uh, it's it's a really feel good story um, about a guy who really accomplished a lot at age thirty. It's very similar to um, Robert Redford in The Natural as a forty year old breaking into baseball. Thirty year old receiver breaking into football just doesn't happen, but it did happen. Uh, that's the point of the, of the film, and that's our number nine. Let's see what is our number eight. You smile. Why are you smiling? Football is fun. You think football is fun? Yes. Are you smiling? Football is fun. You think football is fun? Yes. No. No, no sir. Uh, but it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not fun. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Zero fun, sir. All right. Okay. Uh, the the movie. Uh, from 2000, Remember the Titans, made a few years earlier uh, than the the previous movie we just talked about. And this is another Disney movie, uh, and it is uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. And uh, the movie made $136 million. And uh, I think this is just a really... Uh, a terrific movie. Uh, it scores seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think it's really great. Uh, uh, but of course, I am always going to be biased when it comes to Denzel Washington. Uh, if you remember, he made my top ten list of leading men of all time, and I really believe that firmly. Denzel Washington is so. Incredibly good in every movie he is in. Um, good moons, bad ones. It does not matter. He puts a full effort into every one of his films, I believe. 
And uh, this one is just a, a really good performance um, by him. And it stars William Will, Will Patton as his uh, assistant, who doesn't like him too well. Um, it has a very young... Uh, has a very young Ryan Gosling in it, and I it's like one of those movies like, oh, I didn't realize they had Ryan Gosling. Didn't know who he was at the time. Uh, and it also has a very young Kate Bosworth uh, in it, who I also did not know at the time. But um, uh, that's one thing. Disney's always had this knack, and it all started with Walt Disney when... Uh, he was able to capture people before their star rose to where they were had to re, where they were commanding a huge check or they caught him on he caught him right on the decline where they could put one more really good performance in before they were done acting that's something Walt was so good at and Disney sometimes still does that with their lower budget movies uh, it's not quite as brilliant as Walt did it but but it's still it's still a thing with Disney uh, but uh, Denzel Washington play uh, plays a it's what is a, a true story and again another true story Disney made uh, but obviously plays a hard-nosed coach uh, who is dealing with with racial issues among other things and he um, tries to get his players to overcome uh, all the issues that they have. Um, and uh, this movie, um, while it's it's not Citizen Kane, it's a, it's a really good movie, and it's very solid. And it makes number eight on our list. Okay, and uh, the next movie on our list uh, is uh, number seven, and it is a, a movie that didn't. I was so surprised when it didn't get it didn't get the reviews that I thought were worthy. Um, another movie from two thousand six. It's uh, We Are Marshall, who's all about the uh, team uh, Marshall University. Uh, that experienced a plane crash uh, that killed uh, 75 uh, people and 35 or 37 members of the team, five coaches, uh, two athletic trainers, um, the athletic director, uh, boosters, and uh, and the our airplane crew. Uh, it stars Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Ian McShane, uh, uh, January Jones, Kate Mara. Uh, but um, um, it's all about a team, obviously, uh, that has to overcome uh, something so tragic that it's, a, it's really almost unspeakable. Uh, but this two-hour and 16-minute movie does uh, depict uh, the story. Um, and I was, I was really surprised... Um, uh, because I don't, I didn't remember when I, I saw it at the movie theater and I, I thought it was just a really compelling story and I, I was, you know, it just, it's very sad, 
not terribly uplifting at all, but, uh, you know, it, it does, it does go to where the program goes afterward. And then it, it does start to get, um, um, a little bit, a little bit more uplifting toward, toward the end. Um, Matthew McConaughey, I thought played brilliantly in, in the movie, which he sometimes does. And, uh, Put in a really, really good performance. I've only seen this movie twice, uh, I, and I think uh, I probably need to get my eyes on it again. I may regret calling this my number uh, seven movie, but there it is. I I I think it's I, I think it's worthy of it. But um, evidently there were there were there were some bad reviews. It only scores forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was really surprised. I thought it was a much better received movie than that, but um, evidently not. Um, but I thought it had some good acting in it. And I thought the story obviously is uh, compelling. But anyway, uh, that is our number seven. And um, our uh, number six. Gentlemen, the hopes and dreams of an entire town are riding on your shoulders. You may never matter more than you do right now. It's time. Now, if you want to win state, you're going to have to beat a team of giants, a team of monsters over in Dallas that outweigh you about 30 pounds a man. This is real sincere warfare. We're in the business of winning. Should we believe the hype? What hype? The hype about Booby Miles. Now, hype is something that's not for real. I'm all real. What's it like being the quarterback? I mean, it's a big responsibility for a 17-year-old kid. Do you think you can handle it? No, that is not acceptable. Hope so. Your dad played it for me. What's it like to be the son of a local legend? Tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. Maybe this is hell. Hold on to football. Next question. Ball carry. Give me just one touchdown. Just one. Hey, 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 son, come here, come here. Where are you going? You, you want me to go in, Coach? You don't want a helmet? My goodness gracious. So, our number six movie is from 2004. It's Friday Night Lights. And of course, people are familiar, probably maybe even a lot more so of the TV show that uh, followed it. But um, I think the movie is superior to the TV show, and I don't even think it's close. Uh, the movie, of course, uh, stars uh, Billy Bob Thornton as the coach of Permian, Permian High School, who, uh, in this movie, uh, it's the it's an adaptation of the, the book. And I, I read the book Friday Night Lights, and um, the movie... Uh, is uh, is is very satisfying, even though it doesn't cover as much ground as the book, obviously. Um, but I think the movie is very satisfying, and I think the the movie invests enough time in each 
of the important characters. Um, I feel like the Billy Bob Thornton co- coach character is somewhat one-dimensional. I mean, a little bit. I think we get to know the players a little bit more. Um, but I think his performance was really good. And um, this uh, movie, uh, it also features uh, Tim McGraw as an SOB father. And uh, Derek Luke plays James, uh, they call him Booby Miles. And his story is um, quite tragic, unfortunately. Uh, some NFL players uh, made the made, were in the movie, uh, or they they were uh, Roy Williams, uh, who graduated from Permian. Uh, Ty Law was also in it. Uh, Akib Talib was in it. Uh, there are um, some differences between. Uh, the the movie and what actually happened. They, once again, another true story. I don't know what the heck it is about these football movies, but some of them are true stories. Uh, there is also this wonderful woman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this hated woman that's in this movie. Um, Amber Heard is in the movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't know Amber Heard was in that. But, yes, yeah, she was. Uh, she was... Um, Still a teenager at the time. <laughs> this before all the Johnny Depp stuff. I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm going, oh, wow. Amber heard of that. Uh, it's uh, directed by uh, uh, Peter Berg, who has uh, a long uh, list of uh, movies, in, including including direct, or directing um, a lot of action movies and, and um, some dramas. But uh, anyway, uh, I, Friday Night Lights is... A, is uh, sometimes a funny movie, sometimes it's tragic, uh, but it's very real, and it shows how football is, what football is like, high school football is like in Texas, and in um, West Texas in specifically. Um, it is uh, looked at as a very important sport, and and the film and the, and the book kind of expose um, a little bit of it and just to show just how, how tragically important it is in, in that area. But anyway, uh, so that is our number six, uh, film. And I, uh, really enjoy that movie and I enjoyed the book as well. Um, our number five, not a true story. You know where you are, don't you? I want you to look at me and listen very carefully to what I'm saying. Yeah? This is not a dream. Are you trying to tell me? I'm not supposed to be here. But you are here. Well, you guys made a mistake. There is no mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. I want to check out on Joseph Pendleton. When is he due to arrive? Pendleton Joseph due to arrive 1017 a.m. March 20th of the year 2025. Hey, so he jumped the gun. Anybody could have done that. Just put me back where you found me. Joe, we can put you into another man's body. Are you kidding? You're going to put me into the body of another man? Hey. 
It's me. Inwardly, you haven't changed. You're still Joe Pendleton. That's what you and I see. But outwardly, you're Leo Farnsworth, and that's what everyone else will see. Mr. Farnsworth. That works. Of course. This is just a body they found for me. Don't you understand? They drugged him, they stuck him in a bathtub, and then I stepped in. Darling, listen to me. There is nothing to be frightened of. There's plenty to be worried about, but there is nothing to be frightened of. I'm not really Leo Farnsworth. <laughs> what? You want to know the only thing I'm afraid of? How I'd feel if I couldn't be with you. There's nothing to be afraid of, is there? I'm sorry, Mr. Pendleton. I'm afraid you won't be able to use Mr. Farnsworth's body any longer. How can you expect me to give up Farnsworth now? You yourself asked for a temporary arrangement. She loves me, Mr. Jordan. Uh, so our number five movie is Heaven Can Wait, which we did a podcast episode on, a full-blown episode on Heaven Can Wait a few years ago. So... When you're done listening to this, scroll back and listen to uh, the Heaven Can't Wait episode. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, this movie is a lot of fun. Uh, I remember watching it as a kid when it came out on cable. And I didn't get a lot of the jokes. I, I didn't quite understand everything completely. Uh, but I got the basics. Um, uh, of course, it's directed by Warren Beatty. Um, and... It uh, has uh, stars Storm Beatty, of course, and Julie Christie, uh, who's lovely in this film. Uh, James Mason, who is just James Mason. He's great. Uh, and Charles Grodin is like the kind of quiet hero of the movie. I mean, not a hero of the story, but he's so funny in this movie, Charles Grodin. Uh, and Diane Cannon, <laughs> of course, is funny, too. Uh, Vincent Gardenia and the great Jack Warden, who we love very much. Uh, this movie made $90 million on a $6 million budget in 1978. Uh, Warren Beatty was on a hot streak, and uh, I, he probably was... He probably was... Uh, it probably was right there with Burt Reynolds on who's number one and who's number two in the box office. It was kind of like a, um, almost like a, a contest. Um, but <laughs> Warren Beatty was, was very much on fire. It was a remake of the 1941 film, Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Um, it was a precursor to the 2001 Chris Rock movie, which has, one really great bit in it, um, and the rest of it's like mm, not so great. But uh, but Heaven Can Wait, such a fun fun uh, movie. I just love this movie. Every time I watch it, I hear the great soundtrack by Dave Grusin, um, and uh, I see the way Warren Beatty looks at Julie Christie. And it's just marvelous. It's a sweet story, sweet movie, um, and lots of lots of funny bits and lots of fun just watching. 
I love that movie. <laughs> In case you didn't notice. Uh, but uh, speaking of Burt Reynolds, our number four. that turns on the most outrageous team in football. The Mean Machine. Supercharged and power-driven to The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard from 1974 is a football comedy starring Burt Reynolds and Eddie Albert and... Whoa, the the list is very long on on this uh, movie of things that are good about it, uh, people that are in it, uh, uh, James Hampton, Harry Caesar, uh, Bernadette Peters. Also had some uh, some uh, actual NFL players. Uh, like Ray Nitschke and Joe Cap, uh, and um, just uh, oh, and it had the 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 great character actor that everybody would recognize when they see him, Richard Keel. Uh, it also had Sonny Stroyer, who played Enos, and uh, you'd recognize him from the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, but Longest Yard is basically a prison movie. And it has it stars Burt Reynolds as Paul Crew, and he's known as the Wrecking Crew, Paul Wrecking Crew. But uh, it's a it's a prison football team, and they uh, have a little bit of fun. Uh, you can just tell this is a movie that they just had a lot of fun with. Burt, I think Burt Reynolds um, always had fun making his movies. I think he. Just had invited his the more the merrier kind of thing. Um, let's see. Uh, the movie was shot in Georgia at a, a Georgia State Prison, and um, and uh, I was reading a little bit about the background on the movie, and and it had the cooperation of Governor Jimmy Carter, governor of Georgia at the time. Uh, the movie scores seventy six percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, um, has some good reviews, and including Gene Siskel's review, uh, said it's effective in portraying black inmates as a world apart in the prison system. It's the one realistic element in this old-fashioned and brutal drama, but it's also funny. Um, but it's not as funny. I, I mean, there's a certain part in it that's really funny, uh, but it's uh, but it's not. Uh, as silly uh, as the 2005 version with Adam Sandler, uh, which um, honestly, if that was a standalone movie, that would be on my top 10 list. I know that the movie doesn't, doesn't score as well with anybody. Um, I saw that movie with my kids when they were little. So I'm going to, be partial to a movie like that. But if that was a standalone movie, I would put that on the, uh, the list. Uh, Adam Sandler was hilarious in that movie. And um, as was everybody else. 
Um, but the 1974 film is superior, and um, it's just it's just a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Very good movie. Uh, the next movie um, has no sound to it. Um, <laughs> well, although former or, or previous podcast guest, not only say former guest, but previous podcast guest Suzanne Lloyd knows all about it. Um, it it stars, or it's, it's called The Freshman, I should say. It stars the great Harold Lloyd, and um, and if you think uh, that this movie doesn't belong on the list, uh, you got another thing coming. Watch the film. Um, it is absolutely off the chain funny. It is a silent film, uh, and it's just our Harold Lloyd. And, um, of course, we, we had a couple of podcast episodes on Harold Lloyd where we talked to his granddaughter, Suzanne, who is uh, in charge of his uh, film um, showcase. Um, it also stars uh, Jobina Ralston as the love interest. And um, this is probably Harold Lloyd's second most known film or most popular film. Um, I give it four stars out of four. Then we made $2 million, $2.6 million um, on a $300,000 budget. Pretty good. Um, and uh, Jobina Ralston is, is just so sweet in this movie. And Harold Lloyd, of course, plays a freshman that is uh, trying to uh, figure out how to play a uh, football. He wants to become popular, and he definitely likes the Jobina Ralston uh, character. <laughs> um, just, it's just a sweet movie. Um, there's some hilarity in it. Um, there's sweetness in it. Um, it's just mostly just fun. It's really, it's really great to watch Harold Lloyd in action. He is the. A uh, forgotten star out of the three greats, the the uh, the Chaplin and Keaton and then and, and and Lloyd, um, all three of those guys, you know, uh, rarefied air. They were all all geniuses, and um, unfortunately, the reason why Harold Lloyd's star doesn't shine quite as brightly today is because, as we documented with Suzanne Lloyd is that during the, uh, if during the TV era, uh, Harold Lloyd did not allow his movies to be shown on TV be due to commercials. He did not want commercials to overcast his films. And, uh, whether that was a great decision or not, it was an artistic decision on his part. Uh, but unfortunately, a, large contingent of fan base was lost from from that um and we you know basically the baby boomers on down uh kind of lost out on on harold lloyd um you know we i i barely knew who he was um when i was a kid i would recognize charlie chaplin and buster keaton though in a heartbeat but Harold Lloyd, I only remember from the 
from the uh, famous scene from Safety Safety Last, where he's on the on the on the clock, you know, or the or, or climbing the the building, and um, just such a a, a great scene. Um, but it is not better. That movie is not better than The Freshman, and um, there's so many things to like about The Freshman. It's um, there's a lot of really good comedy bits, and Harold Lloyd is his absolute best um, in this movie. And uh, I would say it is his second best movie. And I I would go ahead and go with his granddaughter Suzanne and say that Speedy is the best. And I would say Safety Last maybe three, maybe. Not sure, but anyway, I I would go with with the freshman being uh, Harold Lloyd's second best film, uh, next to Speedy. Speedy's a lot of fun too, and Speedy has Babe Ruth, which is more baseball, obviously. Uh, but our number three is the freshman, and let's see. Now we are down to uh, number two. Number two is not nearly as much fun as uh, the others. This is a story about two men. They competed for the same job. One was white, the other black. <laughs> One liked to talk a lot. You said, uh-huh. The other was shy as a three-year-old. Mm -hmm. Rookies got to stick together. Our story is about how they came to know each other, fight each other. I'm going to whip you, Sayers. But you got to be at your best. And help each other. I think I, I owe you a beer. I owe you a lot more than that. down to is that J.C. had a notion here, and Ed seems to think it's a good idea. We'd like you and Brian Piccolo to room together. You had me worried. I thought it was something really. There's this is something really. Man, you're talking about a white man and a black man rooming together on a team that's never been done before. What J.C. is saying is that there may be some pressures, severe ones. <laughs> I was afraid to get up. I figured not everything was going to come with me. You have never seen anyone so black and blue in your life. <laughs> it's like a rumor with a colored play again. Gail took the joke. Gail, I'm sending Brian Piccolo back to Chicago. He's always been in shape, willing to give 100%. He's not doing that anymore. And that's what worries me. I don't know what it is. Could be something physical or might be a, an emotional disturbance. I mean, I know well, perfectly well what's wrong with me. Gail, I, uh, I think I'm pregnant. Don't make fun of me, Brian. I'm scared. I'm no idiot. This thing I got's bad, I know that. But, uh, well, it's just a detour, Joy. Okay, number two is uh, Brian's song. Uh, it was uh, a... Tragic story about Brian Piccolo, uh, who uh, 
is played by James Caan. It's a true story. And uh, also it has uh, Billy Dee Williams, who plays uh, Gail Sayers, who went on to be a big NFL uh, star for the Bears. Um, George Hallis is uh, played by, once again, the great Jack Warden. And I may be mistaken, but I think he's the only person that shows up on our list twice, um, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, if you ever want to see a group of large men cry, uh, you can show them Brian's song. It will make the, uh, it, it'll, it'll make a lot, it'll make grown men cry. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty tragic. Um, but we're calling it our number two. Um, it was a made for TV movie for ABC, ABC movie of the week. Um, isn't it funny how those things just uh, kind of have disappeared? We, we don't have those, uh, movie of the weeks anymore. Those made for TV movies. Um, they tend to have higher production values now and, and show them on some, app like netflix or something then usually it's um usually it's not of that great a value but this movie i don't think they realized what they had with it it's a 76 minute movie without the commercials pretty crazily crazily short uh, but but it gets to the point pretty fast and uh, just a really good movie that discusses the issue of race and as I'd say it's very similar to the uh, to the 24 movie with uh, about Jackie Robinson uh, which I thought was a really really excellent movie but uh, Brian's song uh, again another true story uh, but and this one another another very tragic one and uh, but we we do love it, and uh, but we're not going to end this show on a downer. Oh, no, no. These have a few suggestions they would like to submit to you. I think you know what the trustees can do with their suggestions. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it all, condensed it, I'm against it. I'm opposed to it. On general principles, I'm opposed to it. We don't vote to it. In fact, it means that we don't vote to it. For months before my son was born, I used to yell from night to morn, whatever it is. I'm against it, and I've kept yelling since I first commenced it. I'm against it. <laughs> Our number one football movie, and uh, people will probably rail on me for calling it a football movie, but it is the it is the movie Horse Feathers from 1932. Uh, we reached back to 1925 for Harold Lloyd's The Freshman, uh, but Horse Feathers. Uh, just, just, uh, it's just absolutely hysterical. It's just, it's just a beautifully written movie. It's so funny. Uh, it has, um, of course, 
Groucho Marx, Harpo Marx, Chico Marx, and Zeppo Marx, who plays Groucho's son uh, in the movie. It also has the wonderful Thelma Todd, who we cherish in this podcast. The movie only made $945,000. It wasn't a huge moneymaker, um, but it was extraordinarily real, well written. Um, and, um, you know, when, a lot of times these um, Marx Brothers movies, people forget who directs it. It was directed by Norman McLeod, uh, produced by uh, the great Herman Mankiewicz, uh, written by uh, S.J. Perlman, Burt Kalmar, and Harry Ruby, uh, and also Will Johnstone and, and Arthur Sheikman were in on the writing process. Uh, of course, it's a Paramount release. Uh, all the, the the best marks for those movies are Paramount releases. And if you don't believe me, then just watch the movies and you'll, you'll figure it out. But uh, the movie is a football movie because it does, uh, as Wikipedia states, revolves around college football and a game between the fictional Darwin and Huxley colleges. And uh, we see Groucho um, in top form and Harpo in top form, Chico in top form, and Zeppo's in it. <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, uh, just absolutely great movie. I, I don't know where this ranks amongst the Marx Brothers movies. I've ranked the Marx Brothers movie before. I plan to do it again, but I come up with a slightly or a slight variation every single time. Um, but you know, off the top of my head, um, I'd say animal crackers and monkey business. And then probably duck soup and then horse feathers or maybe horse feathers and duck soup. I am not sure. Um, but it, these movies are just so great. Those four are just so great. Uh, Horse Feathers is right there with all of them. Um, it's um, a brilliant comedy, just so fun and very fast paced, 68 minutes. Um, you know, so when you get a chance uh, to watch it on TCM, uh, rent it, uh, buy the DVD, buy the Blu ray, whatever you want to do, uh, watch Horse Feathers. You will not regret it. it I. I swear by it, it is my number one football movie. Uh, a lot of people would probably scoff at that. There's certainly no modern football in it. Uh, but whatever it is, I'm against it. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. Number one football movie. And <laughs> people can debate me on this. But I will die on the hill. It is the best football movie ever made. <laughs> um, anyway, so that is our top 10 list. And um, uh, so uh, go ahead and cuss and dis discuss. If you want to give me a bad rating, please don't do that. But if you must, you must. But I hope you give me a good rating. Um, and I want to thank everybody for the really good reviews on on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes 
whatever it's called. I'm not sure exactly what it, what what they call it, but uh, I have some good reviews on there, and I'm so pleased. I have a 5.0 on there. I can you believe it? I have a 5.0 on Applecast. So that's so great. Um, I love it. Keep the good reviews coming. And don't get mad about me about the list because you can create your own. You can tell me where I'm wrong. And um, I will listen to your argument if you have one. Thank you for listening. Knowing that as I do, I'd not advise you to displease him or tease him. No, no. Don't double-cross him or toss him around When dear old dad once gets mad, he's a hound My son is right I'm quick to fight, I'm from a fighting clan When I'm abused or badly used, I always get my man No matter if he's in Peru, Paducah, or Japan I go ahead or live or dead, I always get my man. I soon dispose of all of those who put me on the pan. Like Shakespeare said to Nathan Hale, I always get my man. I always get, 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 I always get,